Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of On My Grown, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Melanie Mitchell. And I'm your other co-host, Rodney Boyd. And uh, we're here for part two of our um, She's Gotta Have It review. So we're going to cover episodes four through six. Uh, we got some interesting feedback from our questions. People were really mad that we asked whether or not Nola was a hoe. Like it wasn't a valid question. We weren't calling her a hoe. We were just <laughs> asking. And um, people were like, where's Opal? We did not include Opal because Opal did not come into play until episode four. So we're going to get into it. Um, so yeah. yeah, episode three was the episode with the little black dress and they all had their weird reactions. So because of that, Nola said she was going on a man cleanse. Yes, uh, she was going to do a cleanse to like protect her energy, you know, after the assault and then the little black dress thing. She just wasn't feeling men. But Nola's a hoe, and so she still wanted to have sex. Okay, so you so. are problematic, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going to stop you right there. Nola's grown. Leave Nola alone. Um, My thing with being a hoe, a hoe is a hoe. Okay, so I don't think Nola is a hoe, but I kind of, based on my personal hoe standards, that she is because Jamie is married. So that is the only thing that would that qualifies her as a hoe but like her ways period that's she's not a also well that oh go ahead the point that was i just have to shout out my girlfriend she made that same point only because of jamie she considered a hoe but i mean just look at her interactions with opal it's i mean to me you know here she is i'm doing a man cleanse because you know i want to you know i i just think that that male energy is toxic right now for me but i still want to have sex so you know it's one thing if she like just wanted to have sex and this was someone who she kind of operated in that space with but as we find out opal is someone who had very much had strong feelings for her at one point and nola just ghosted her and but you know like opal still had some some you know so many feelings for her that she allowed them to kind of reconnect and, you know, Opal tried to play herself with that, oh, you know, we just going to keep it cordial for now. I'm not going to catch feelings. But as we saw, they had some, they, from you know, which was filmed very well, some very passionate sex. They chilled for the whole day. Um, and, you know, like she, because at one point she locks herself out. She, go, uh, she goes and spends the night at Opal's and meets her daughter. And her daughter. A whole point, but you really just no, no. I'm about to. I'm about to. Let me finish. And long story short, you know, here then Nola comes at the end of the day, like, man, you know, like it was so good kicking it with you. I want to commit to you. And Opal's like, hoe, you lying? Because you a hoe? Because you can't commit to me. And that's being her not wanting to commit does not make her a hoe. Also, no, no, no. She wanted to commit. Her inability not being able to commit does not make her a hoe. She's 27. It is. It she does make you a hoe no, when no, you no. tell somebody you want to commit to them. That, you making new hoe rules. How does that make you a hoe? That makes you indecisive. A Maybe you playing with people's time. Cool. But that'll make you a hoe. If this was a man, y'all be like, oh, he a hoe. He will be a hoe because he's a hoe. First of all. Second Nola's of all. a hoe. Shut up. You just problematic. She's not. Look, hoe. you just mad. Look, you are. Real. You are just mad, what, bro. What, you just mad. But I'm, sa- I'm just mad. saying. You mad. I, you are yelling. <laughs> I'm saying what really to me solidifies her wholeness is her relationship with Opal. I don't think and that, that she uses Opal she uses Opal, you know, for sexual gratification and she claims that she wants more, but you know, Opal, who's a, who's older than her, um, is able to read through that 
And I, I think after everything that happened, she just liked the stability that Opal could provide. I just opposed to really like understanding like the commitment she was she wanted to you know she was claiming she wanted to make what open. I don't think that makes her a hoe though maybe indecisive immature cool hoe I don't see how that's hoe like you know I could meet my Barack Obama tomorrow and not be ready that'll make me a hoe I'm not a hoe because I don't want to I'm not ready to be with you yet even though I want to you know that she's just not ready um I think it's the fact that she used her for sex she just enjoys sex what's wrong with liking sex she wanted sex she didn't want to do it herself and she didn't want a penis an organic penis so she had opal and opal was like cool and you have to think about it opal is about 10 years older than um than nola because she's you think too? she said she said that she was around her age when she was like i was around your age when i had skylar something like that she said and Skylar right. was at least 10 you think i thought she was like seven no she's definitely Eight. not seven She's she's lowest nine, but she's old enough to be about in, th- like so. Then we I think we can agree to eight. Hmm? I think we should agree to eight then. Nah, I want I would say nine. Okay, eight is still kind of eh, iffy, just because of the conversation. Like, oh, she doesn't bring women in and vegan whatever. Like, I'm like, oh, this little girl is at least nine. So she's not in a point in her life where she can play games. Games like. Granted, if she wasn't, you know, a divorcee, not a divorcee, but just had a kid and all this responsibility, then maybe she could play with her. But if you're not finna be serious, serious and be my kid's life and all of this, you already disappointing me and stuff, then I'm not finna take you seriously. And that's probably why she's not ready for all of that. Like, the level of ready Opal is, is not the level of ready. Like, she may be slick ready for maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but not you committed. When a child is involved, you can't play those kind of games. So that doesn't make her a hoe. But yeah, so she. So we kind of already talked about it. But yeah, she. Well, um, I wanted to ask two things about because I think Opal has two very. There's two very interesting things about Opal's storyline and everything. Um, and I hate to rush just because you know we're, we're trying to do this concise. But okay, what do you think? You know, so in therapy, Nola reveals that Opal's daughter Skylar is not the result of like a, a you know like a, a old relationship, but you know like. Opal knew she wanted a child. She had a friend that I guess she she liked his genetic makeup or whatever. He donated his sperm to her to to be able to conceive this child. Mm-hmm. And then she she decided to in like she's at a place where she's raising it on her own. What do you think about that? Um. Well, I mean, she knew what she wanted, so she knew like I want a child. I just don't want to be with a man. Cool. Like she was direct in her intentions. But I mean, spoiler alert. If you you know watch to the end, she says that Skylar was with her dad at some point. So there is some type of custody going on. So she does know her father. So it wasn't like a blank, like you know, ghost sperm donor. Okay, I think I I missed that detail. Okay, yeah, so yeah. um, yeah. So I don't. I mean, she knew what she wanted. She wanted a kid. You know, some some people who are gay their whole lives marry someone of the opposite sex just to have kids and she was real about it and was like oh, still gay but do want a child so that was, that was well i just thought it was an interesting thing to put in the storyline one because um um you know our generation is getting married later and later and what you know what we're seeing is then by the time people finally get married and they finally decide like okay we want to have kids then they have difficulties conceiving 
Mm-hmm. And that's not the reality for everybody, but it's a very real reality. And so, you know, for Opal to say, hey, I'm 27, I don't want to, I felt like it was, uh, you know, the backstory I made up in my mind was, hey, I'm 27, you know, I'm, I'm at a good age, I'm financially, I'm at a good place, I'm going to go ahead and have this child regardless of having a partner. You know, like, t- to me, a, you know, uh, once, you know, I'm very traditional, so I would just assume, like, you will always, it, when you bring a child into the world, you would want a partner who's there full time because, I couldn't imagine raising a child on my own. I'm sure I could, but I think there's just something, there's a lot of benefits in having that two parent household Mm -hmm. regard, you know, in this case, regardless of the sex of the two parents, Mm -hmm. you know? So I thought to me, it was very courageous and, 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 and very, I would say a little prideful in, you know, that Opal said, no, I'm going to just take it, tackle it on my own. Mm -hmm. You know? So I I thought it was an interesting storyline. It's real. Some people, you know, are voluntarily single parents, which is, you know, cool. Um, Do you know many or any? Personally, no, but thought it was nice. Um, okay, so yeah, they hunch. We get an introduction of Opal, and she talks to a therapist about Opal. How like it, this is the actual first healthy relationship we see Nola in romantically, which was nice. It was a nice touch. So then, um, well. What? I have one more thing to bring out, bring up that I thought was very interesting about the conversation with the uh, therapist. She talks about how with Opal, mm-hmm. she doesn't feel like she has to shrink herself right. around Opal. And then two, what was the other thing? Uh, Opal doesn't try to own her. Right. Opal, I mean, what do you think? Women about, are more, what do you think about those two statements? Women brains are different. Like, <laughs> just we just different like that like men are so their masculinity so fragile sometimes you do have to shrink yourself and dumb yourself down for men but women are just like you can be yourself well I, i'm not saying that i made it knowing that because i know how you are with what you was about to say but i'm just saying no 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 I was, what? the whole shrinking i said we'll tackle that later but the whole uh of opal trying to own in her different in different aspects like for example the the outfit was a, a you know, the outfit was a great example of her having to shrink herself. Not having to shrink herself, but had she shrunk herself, I'm sure the men would have been more comfortable. Like, oh, I'm going to wear a jacket or I'm going to wear it. Like, no, I'm going to wear this dress. And they couldn't take it. And that's an example. Like, I'm sure if she would have wear the dress with Opal, Opal would have been like, dang, bae. And they could have went on a merry way. But Well, here's it. So here's my thing with the term shrinking yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, I, what I was going to say is I think with any relationship – both men and women, I think to be successful, you have to shrink yourself to a degree. And what I mean by that is you have to be considerate of somebody else's feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you feel they're justified. I mean, and and you can get into a debate about are they justified, are they not? And that's uh, that's a very sticky territory, sticky territory because are you, you know, trying to discredit someone else's feelings is always a, you know, it's kind of an a-hole move. Um you know, but I think that, like, because to me, when I hear shrinking yourself, what I really hear is, you know, I want to operate in the way I want to operate with no boundaries, but relationships are like, if you want a title, there's boundaries with that, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, so every, any functioning relationship is going to have some boundaries. It's going to require a shrinking, but I think in your individual shrinking, there is some, you, you are joining forces to be a larger um, unit 
I mean, there's a difference between boundaries and things that your partner is comfortable with and shrinking. You know? I mean, how so? Because to me, I think what she takes as shrinking, you know, is just, hey, you know, one, we know Nola's not one for, like, an actual relationship with any of these men. I th- And I, like we said in the last episode, I feel like, you know, you asked if I would stay around. I think each of these men, they're trying to stick around to change her in the sense of they're trying to get her to say, you know what, I don't want to deal with those other guys. I want to deal with just you. So they're, you know, they're kind of on a hunt with her. So that's where, you know, that attempt of owning her comes from. Um, but when she says, hey, I don't want to shrink myself, it's like, I don't want to have to be considerate of, you know, your thoughts. And in this situation, it makes sense. Y'all not in a relationship. But I think any healthy relationship is going to require both men and women to shrink to some degree. Uh, again, you know, relationships are about compromise, but compromise is not shrinking. I'm trying to find a think, a think of a good example. Like, oh. What's something you consider shrinking in, in, a, in a healthy relationship? Oh, babe, can you not... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if I knew how to sing, hey babe, can you not sing in public? Like it makes me uncomfortable because men are listening to you sing. What? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna not sing because you're not comfortable with it. Because I can sing, and I'm trying to, you know, this is what I'm passionate about, like that. Or a compromise would be, hey, can you not fart in public because like it stinks, and then we're gonna start getting kicked out of places. Cool, I'm gonna stop farting. But. Okay, they're very extreme examples, but I couldn't think of nothing that makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, something Sorry, like Mitchell. that. If it's just some, like, comfortability <laughs> thing, as far as something that's not outrageous, like, okay. think of an example that's not too personal. Here, I got one. Okay. Okay, so, sheer's very big right now. Like, a, you know, like a sheer top or whatever. Mm-hmm. If your boyfriend says, hey, babe. I'm cool with you wearing sheer. Just don't wear anything like where your nipple is showing. Mm-hmm. You know, because to me, I just feel like that's that's overexposure. And, it you know, it doesn't make me feel the most secure in our relationship. Is that asking you to shrink or is that just uh, is that just setting up reasonable boundaries? Um, it depends. Like, I guess not. Cause if I mean I saying that I would wear something with my nipples showing because I wouldn't, but if I wanted to, I'm going to. Okay, here's an example. If you if your if your girl's a model, hey babe, model, do you? But I don't want you doing pictures with guys. What? Like shrinking comes from a, a level of insecurity. So, again, like oh babe, I don't want you wearing that dress because men are gonna look at you. That's shrinking. Or just dumbing yourself down. Like okay, I can't make a a French joke. Like I could with Greer, like I with with Mars because Mars ain't gonna get it. Like just different stuff like that, basically. Okay, you spend a lot of time on this shrinking, and it just my go back to my point well, from five th- minutes ago. It's just not. It's it's a difference. It's a difference. Well, I, I, like I said, I I thought of this whole episode. Those were kind of some of the most interesting talking points for a discussion. That was just me, um, because like you said, we you know like we still haven't necessarily. Greed. I, I think you brought up some. You brought up some reasonable ones. Like, okay, that's shrinking. It's like if I meet you and you're already, in, you know, you're doing something, um, then hey, I gotta respect it. I can't act brand new. I forgot there was an instant. There was something with a stripper, 
And I forget. My girl just asked me. Oh, okay. Best Man Holiday. Mm-hmm. So remember Lurch was his name. He found he found saw the video online of his 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 woman, and my girl was like, "How would you feel about that?" And I'm like, "You know, you married a stripper. Like you you just gotta be hip. Like something like that could have happened, and you can't really trip." Right, because you knew she's a stripper the day you met her when her booty was in your face. Right, you can't like for me like. May, okay, maybe that's the instance of like maybe asking your wife to shrink. I don't, not that it's she's not, not stripping. I don't know. It's not, that was twenty years ago. So, All right. Okay. Um, moving on. You want to just talk? Move on to Shemeka? Uh, well, no, we have to talk about. Okay, so she's she goes to oh yeah this club dance like some kind of party like a rooftop or something. She with a guy friend. I'm like, okay, wait, we got a new nigga. I don't know what they're doing in this different, you know. Iterate. Right. Wait. Who? And then she's his parent, <laughs> and then it turns out her friend is gay, and he's Caribbean. He's Trinidadian, and his family would basically okay, yeah, disown yeah. him if he was gay. So she's playing his girlfriend and stuff. Well, someone he's dating. His beard. They, that's the uh, colloquialism, right? She's his beard. Well, yeah, but not to his parents because they don't know he's a beard. I mean, she's the beard. So that was interesting. But she gets like slick drunk because she said she wasn't drinking when her man claimed she said she wasn't drinking either. But here she is drunk. And she loses her keys, and she goes back to her place. Um, her landlord was not answering the phone, and she didn't want to wake her parents, so she goes to Opal's house. And mm-hmm. when she wakes up in the morning, that's when she meets the daughter, and the daughter's like all cool and stuff. It's like, oh, well, you guys must be serious. Come on, this lady must stay over. Blase, blah, which was cute. Nice little dynamic they had. And then the next day, she has to go teach at the school. And that's where we're introduced. She was late. Um, yes, and she bought some seventeen minutes. She bought some Birkenstocks from Opal, and everyone compliments mm-hmm. them. I guess I mean there were some cute Birkenstocks or whatever. And that is where we meet Rockoletta Moss, my girl, Rockoletta Moss. So just for everyone who know, for I've seen a lot of misspellings on on Twitter, and it's been I had my subtitles on, so I knew how to spell it. It's like Raquel with E T T A at the end, Rockoletta, Rockoletta Moss. That's how you spell it. Um, and she speaks in third person. I might start doing that. It makes me feel empowered. Um, we yeah, Rocco at a Moss. It's like a you can tell it's one of them programs. Like, <clears throat> shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <clears throat> Don't die on air. I, I, I still got to publish the episode. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, I'm sorry. I just choked on oxygen, but um, it's like one of them. You know, low-funded inner-city schools without arts programs and stuff. So she goes in there, talks to the kids, tries to get them engaged. You know, these millennial kids. Um, and then we find out she gets the next round of the grant contest. Boom, boom, boom. She's supposed to meet up with them again at Opal's because she was like, "Can you come over and we can make cookies or something?" You know, kid stuff. But she's late, and by the time she gets to Opal's house, Skyler is asleep, and that's why. You know, that was an example of her immaturity and unable to, and inability to commit because she was late to get there and spend time with her daughter. And that goes back to my point with how serious it is with, for Opal. And that's why she was like, we can't be serious because you're late. You know, you're not really dependable, et cetera, et cetera. Right. One, one, one thing that uh, Opal said that I really dug, she was like, it's one thing to be late. It's another thing when people are like forgetting, when you forget people. Mm-hmm. You know, like being late is not just, hey, I'm I'm here after something was supposed to start when someone's counting on you to be there, which we, you know, in both the case with the school and, you know, her getting there for Skylar is like 
you've you for you've forgotten me and just thought about yourself in in your lateness. Right. Um. Wait. I think there was one other thing that happened. No, that was was that it. Yeah, Shemekha didn't do nothing this this episode. I think. Yeah, I think it was the next episode. Okay, so that's episode four. Next one, episode five. Boom. Opens with Nola is back at the school teaching. She's having the kids draw album covers that reflect their lives, and you know, like we're kind of going around seeing all the different album covers. And the one young lady, um, Reggie, in the previous episode, who like rolls her hand to speak and do stuff. Yeah, she writes yeah. the. She draws herself, her self portrait album cover as like the um, Lil Kim, the, the Lil iconic Kim. Lil Kim pose. And yeah, so she praised it, but Rockaletta Moss is like, uh-uh. no, ma'am, basically. Right. So then the next. Um, could I? I want to discuss. I want to bring this point up because. Literally one of my worst nightmares if I'm ever on some like multiple base stuff. So the next scene, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's the next next scene, but we see <clears throat> Nola's receiving Cunnilingus and she's, you know, enjoying it. And she yells out Mars's name. And I just lost it. It was like, oh my God. It was crazy to me because I'm like, what if that ever happens in real life? Like, that's the biggest fear of my life. Like, oh my God, Gerard. Oh my God, that is not Gerard. Like, I would just crawl into a little ball. But she she played it off well. She's like, oh, Can I, you're taking me out of this world to Mars because tongue too bomb. Like, whatever she said. I was like, nice safe. So one thing. You know how extra disrespectful it is that she did it, like, from Cunnilingus? You know, it's like, it'd be different if I'm like, you know, like, we're engaged in sex. Because it's like, well, I'm receiving some pleasure at the same time. I'm solely concentrated on pleasing you, and you yell out another man's name. And then, too, I thought it was a little unrealistic. No, it's not. Well, here's why I thought it was a little unrealistic. Do women yell out the names of their lovers, like, when not asked? Um, I felt like like to yell out the name is not a natural thing. I would have expected like a OS or ah, you know, like that. Not necessarily like a name. Definitely. Names get called, so yeah. Names definitely okay. get called. Ladies, y'all yelling out names without being asked? It happens. Like I'm just it's like an impulsive thing, like Gerard! Like, yeah. So names names, you know, I've been I've called a name out or two. That's back in my day. Um, <clears throat> when I was granted the opportunity to. So, um, yeah, it, it happens. Uh, but what that does mean, and I've always said this to my homegirls, we have our, you know, little girl chats. Um, that tells me that Mars got some fire tongue. Like, that mouth is fire. And I always tell my friends, if the mouth too fire, worry. That means he's hiding something. Like his levels are fire, but if it's like, why is why is your mouth so fire? And given the information that we are presented at the end of the series, it's like, huh? Okay, I knew it. The mouth fire, something else ain't. I'm just gonna say that. Moving on. Um. <laughs> okay, so after uh, Jamie gets done giving her kind of lingus, 
Uh, they start smoking weed, and and we find and in this episode we find out a lot about Jamie, and um, just kind of to sum it up, you know, we find out he's from the Howard Projects in um, Brownsville. His building was so bad it was such a war zone that they used to call it Little Beirut, and he just talks about how how smart his son Virgil is, and how like him and his wife they they paid the big bucks to put him in the best you know preparatory school and. You know, just make sure, you know, he, he gets a seat at the table, so they're paying all this money. And then um, we see Jamie's wife, Cheryl, watching a video of her son performing, like, a minstrel show. Like, he has white face while all his white friends have black face on, and they're all wearing shirts that say the N-word. And and I, I didn't even hear the rap. I didn't, I didn't know the context of what they were saying. Like, Yeah, right. But, like... You know, the N-word, he's rapping and the N-word's, you know, being used. And, and we later find out this was off, like, for a school project about going viral. But, you know, his son is in minstrel face. And, and um, you know, later he's talking with his wife about, you know, like, what they're going to do about it. Because uh, they're embarrassed. And, you know, we find out that Cheryl, I, I don't, is she black? <laughs> well, given the fact that. I'm not quite sure when they were with episode when he goes to our office to talk. Oh, when he, I think that was a couple episodes, but spoiler alert again, cause it's hard to like fully discuss it. Um, turns out she's an AKA, which is like, why y'all keep on trying to tell me this bad? God. So <laughs> First I'm guessing she is black, but I just don't, she's clearly white passing and just, they both seek a lot of white approval, her more than him. So I'm pretty yeah. sure she has a white mother. I'm going to just go out there and say that. I know her mama white, and she probably was raised primarily by her mother, which is why she rejects black culture so much. But, and which is so stupid to me, I'm like, if she's this anti-black, I highly doubt she would have joined the black organization. So, in that case, maybe her mama was black. So, we'll see. Um, hmm. But yeah, she's like, you talking that monkey talk, you coon, nigger, tar baby, basically is what she was saying. I'm like, who You jigaboo. <laughs> So like, she should, she should call him a jigaboo. That would have made it look. Gonna talk like that. I'm like, excuse me. She was tripping, big time. And yeah, so she was like, you know, like in in you know, she was she was talking about how like she she doesn't like when he speak about he he speaks ebonics and stuff in um in slang, and like she was you know worried about their child, you know, being like that. Um. And then later, we see Jamie having a conversation with his son, Virgil. And um, I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, it was kind of, what do you think? I thought it was like, a, like you, it kind of going along with what people have been saying about the series. This whole, you know, like, it's a long, it's a Twitter thread in, in a series form. Yeah, trying too hard to be woke and politically correct and approved by Shea Butter Twitter. Yeah. Son, yeah, you're a black and, man. You're a man. Yeah, his son first hits him like, you know, my my, you know, the white kids at my school say the word all the time, and you know, it's like, um, you know, and, and we don't see color, you know, and he's like, nah, son, they see color, they just playing you, you know, like you, you a black man, you gotta, you know, this, and I call you son like S U N because you shine like one. Is that like a rap line or is that just from ATL? Like, did I miss a pop culture? No. I might have to rap genius that. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. That sounds like a, you know, a yeah, five know, elements of hip hop. So I'm like, maybe this is the thing. Um, 
so there was a few things with Jamie's story that I identified with. I bet. Uh, calm down. <laughs> so one, him being from him being from the ghetto and then basically, you know, working so hard to get you know, make sure his, his kids never experience that. Um that I'm I'm the Virgil in that case. My my pops is from the Ida B. Wells projects. And, you know, sometimes like he's he still is like telling me kind of stories about how he grew up and, you know, it's crazy, you know, but like, you know, hearing how he lived and then like how we live and just the stark difference. And, you know, you know, my dad has always been a hard worker. And like just the more he tells me, like, I understand why he works so hard and and, you know, a lot of the stuff he's done over the years, you know, so like that's what, I thought that was like a real storyline and, and it was dope. Um, I thought the whole Virgil like. It was kind of corny. I, I thought they could have done more with that time. Um, did I like anything else about it? Did you like anything else with the storyline? I mean, I don't care for Jamie for real. I don't like his hairline. And <laughs> now he has a Frank Mitchell cut. That is a Frank <laughs> Mitchell haircut. I don't like him. That's so. the- um, oh yeah, when they're arguing, you know, he was like, "Well, I live in the oh, basement. Yeah. Our son sees that." Blah blah blah. He's like, "Cause you're effing other woman." Like, well, you're not so too much of a big ball of sunshine yourself. So, I mean, hey. So, yeah, we, we get that. She's mad that he's with other women, but she's... Right. She knows it. Right. She's trash and all right. So. um, Okay, next. Uh, Shemekha. We see Shemekha going to a shady motel, paying a lot of money. To get and- cash to get butt shots from a trans woman with a 30 pound booty and i'm like do you watch the news shemekha like she looks exactly like the the one lady who's putting fix a flat and cement and super glue and play-doh and silly putty and people booty and it was exploding and killing them and getting their bloodstream sis love yourself just I, get on the waiting list for dr miami i'm sure he, two years ain't that long it is when you need that money now true why don't she just go to dr like most people like hey, people, quick I, little flight. Just could have asked, um, what's his name for a little bit more. Uh, Fat Joe. Fat, yeah, but what was his character? Win. Win. That's it. Win. So yeah, well, she we see her getting this the first series of uh the first in a series of of, of butt shots. <laughs> um, and then finally, and like at the end of the episode, like screaming like. Well, shorty. Well, shorty, like. Stab the hell out of <laughs> I mean, I guess you gotta go come hard with the booty shots. When you put in Flixify, it might dry up, so. Right. <laughs> you got 30 minutes. You got 30 minutes. Hurry up. Stop moving. What you just seems right. awful. Like, jeez Louise. Like, I'm glad I got me I mean, something already. Like, it's gonna sag a little bit or whatever, but it's real. So I ain't gotta worry about it imploding on me. I felt like Spike Lee deliberately just copied, you know, like that new story of the trans, you know, woman. That's literally the, the At least she didn't die. Because I thought she was going to die. You're right. Honestly. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought so, too. Definitely um, going to die. So at the end of the episode, we see um, it, it, they set it up in a way where Nola is actually reading a text from Rockletta Moss. And but you know, like true Spike Lee's fashion, you cut to the character reading it, like or speaking it. Right. And long story short, we find out that Rockaletta Moss speaks in third person because, as a coping mechanism for her tragic childhood sexual trauma, which was 
she was like an overdeveloped 12 year, 12 or 13 year old, I believe they said. And her crackhead mother used to pimp her out in order to get money for crack. And so what Rockaletta Moss would do is mentally she would remove herself from the situation. And she said, you can't hurt Rockaletta Moss because Rockaletta Moss is not here. So that has transferred into her as an adult speaking in third person and, you know, proclaiming she's there, she's present, you know, where she wants to be. And, you know, and just her just reclaiming who she is and, and, and kind of her agency. Right. I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. And, and you know, it was like one of the first times, like, you know, one of the few times where it was like, oh, okay, you know what? I bang with that. You know, that's real. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. That was a nice little touch. I, I really yep. like that. Yep. All right. Um, I guess we can go to the next episode. Let's get through the yep, thing. Yep. We- um, episode six. Episode six. You want to start it off? Um. Yes. Cause we talk about my baby. Uh. At one point. Okay. So we forgot about this. I guess in, in the episode three, they were when the Brian McKnight was playing. Mars Blackman gets on his hands and knees to his Jordan shrine and prays to Michael Jordan for Nola. And I thought it was the most adorably blasphemous thing ever. Like <laughs> this is what I want to see in the Mars. Mars Blackman reiteration in 2017. Like, it was great. I just, I loved it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't pray to Michael Jordan. You know, Mars is probably going to hell. No, I'm playing. But um, it was great. So, he, Mars tells us a story about um, his him and his dad. His dad passed away. His dad was black. So, samesies. So, that me and Mars connected on that. And he was telling the story about how him and his dad went to a Knicks game. And they were playing the Bulls. And they waited outside for hours for uh, Michael Jordan. And he came and gave him the shoes off his feet and signed them. And he, like, has them in his, like, safe. And it's crazy. Um, oh, we you know what we forgot to mention after his sister? Because he lives with his sister, Lulu. And she's into, like, that sage and stuff. So before she went to the therapist, uh, Nola went to, like, a psychic and some other weird person doing a massage. And then she went to his sister who does, like, the Arisha witchcraft stuff was that was that here i thought that comes later no that comes remember before she went to the therapist remember he was like oh my sister Lou oh okay was, like offering the fight so I, we forgot that i'm sorry y'all but okay. yeah so yeah mars was telling the story it gave us a little bit more insight on mars and i thought that was nice yeah mars my man um so after that we um we go to Nola's place where Mars pulls up on like a Chinese cargo delivery. Bike. I don't, I don't, I'm not in, I don't live in New York. And so I, I don't know the, it's a cargo the technical bike. term for it. He, huh? Car- cargo bike. Cargo bike. Um, because she asked him to deliver his, her paintings to the art gallery. Um, and she was going to take a cab there, well, which said, I thought was weird. He was going to have a van, but it ended up being a bike. Well, yeah, but I thought it was weird. I mean, it's Mars. Of course, you have a different approach to it. No, not not what Mars did. I felt like that was very in line with his character. Like, he bikes everywhere. Like, he be biking. He works at a bike bike slash coffee shop. He gonna have a bike, you know, to to carry it there. He he ain't got no license. I thought it was weird that she didn't just call it Uber XL. This is Nola we're talking about, so she's not gonna do things regularly. True. So. So yeah. So that was my my beef with it, but she rode in the cab behind it. 
yeah, so um, Clorinda has this art gallery she's opening up, and she tells her that she's having a big art show thing, show. and she invites Nola to get some pieces together. So that was really nice of Hay and Friends. So she <laughs> delivers, I mean, so Mars delivers the art, and she tells him to wait outside. Nola tells him to wait outside, but he ends up coming up and finds out that Nola had an art show. From Clorinda. From, of course, Clorinda. Yep. And, and Mars is mad she didn't tell him. Right. And one thing I wanted to talk about with him and Clorinda interacting was, you know, Mars is cool. You know, he was like, she was like, what are you doing here? He was like, you know, I'm here for my girl, you know, just showing love or whatever. She's like, I really don't need to know all that. And he was like, yo, chill. Like, you, like, what's, you still salty? I dumped you or whatever. And, you know, they go back and forth some. And then once he leaves, once after she reveals that the art show's happening tonight, Mars tells Nola, like, dang, shorty, like, you weren't finna tell me, like, you got an art show tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he says a very real line. He said, I guess you got to protect your neck when you stick it out for other people. Message. Because he would do whatever for her. But shorty was selfish. and he But he was playing boo-boo the fool. She, she told him what it was. Uh, but long story short, after Mars left, Clorinda goes, you know, she was like, what's your beef? You know, Nola's like, well, you still got beef with him? She's like, you know, he upset or something, you know, after I dumped him. And so, you know, they both over here, somebody here lying about who dumped who. Right. I feel like it was definitely Clorinda who's lying. And like I said, initially, I really feel like she made their relationship more than what it really was. Well, he said I dumped you. Well, dumped, you can dump anybody. He, if he would say broke up, then cool. But like dump is like oh, I ain't trying to talk no more. Like you know, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I felt like he he acknowledged they had a relationship that required a dumping. Right, like they could have talked, but she's saying like my ex. So I don't think it's as deep. Again, but maybe I just don't like her. Um, you know. But honestly, that's that's where I see myself in Nola because if I'm talking to three dudes. I'm not finna invite y'all to my art show so I can feel awkward the way that Nola was trying to avoid. Like, I wouldn't invite, we can, I'll get into that more once we get towards, you know, the art well, show. Let's get to the art show. And then I'll explain yeah, the next point. thing is the art show. Yeah, so, there's a dude named Dean, he's like an artist with a black wife who's still breastfeeding her 13-year-old child. <laughs> like, it was just really weird. <laughs> like, Again, another one of those Twitter things. It was just really like, okay, y'all, get off our timelines. Like, I'm about to block Spike Lee at this point. No, I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> but Shorty was like, uh, she was like, I don't have friends because of it. Right. I'm like, she's old enough to articulate this. She's too old to be being breastfed. It was a mess. Okay. It was, it was foolish for that. So, it turns out all three men show up. Okay, here's yeah, they thing. find out. I it. feel so awkward being in the room with people I used to talk to. Like, more than one at least. Because, like, they know. They know. They're looking at me. They're laughing. Oh, my God. Like, that's why I don't like going to the step show. It'd be too awkward for me, honey. I'm like, let me go. I know too many people in this room. Like, just, Are your men, men folks be there? Yeah. Past, past, present, and future. It'd be like that Drake line. I'd see my ex-girl said it to my next girl. Said <laughs> it to the... <laughs> to the girl, girl that, that I'm, I'm talking with now texting right now it'd be too much my blood pressure get high now I'm sweating it's too much I just I'm like what if I have a comedy show or we have a live show or something and then like all my niggas want to show up ah! nope maybe one I would have invited like 
I would say my, Mars, but then again, Jamie gonna actually buy something, so I'm gonna invite Jamie because he got money. Um, also, Opal shows up, so that was sweet. You know, she shows up with Sky, so that was a nice little touch. But you know, so when people come up to Nola's art, and you know, because my sister's an artist, I know how these things go. Like people, oh, tell mm-hmm. me, tell me a story. So she's not really able to articulate like her purpose and her inspiration behind her art. And then when she's talking to the other artists, she doesn't know like their little union, all the little art lingo and stuff. She's just like there. And then right. she's trying to talk. To very them. much amateur. Very amateur. And it's showing. And then she's with some really big time people she looks up to. And she's talking to this one um, older white man who's the teacher from Clueless. Right. But he's, I think he's the one, he's one of like the judges over the grant she applied for. Oh, I thought he was just, the oh he's a critic he's an art critic okay of black art yeah my fault excuse me i have to get some water <laughs> um because clearly i'll go uh yeah, he's Give me ricky rubio on the next scene or the next episode but she can't even focus talking to him because she's so shook that all three of her niggas are there mm-hmm. so i'm like girl same but it's sad it, i don't know how they like she let that really shake her and get her out of her bag, which was bad. And that's why you can't look. I was like, hey, I'm going to send you three pictures, uh, Mr. Security Man. Don't let these niggas in. Okay. Well, I was I was going to say, like, I think she overreacted because how do you find out, you know, like, like these, they, these guys don't know each other. Like, how would they find out each other sleeping with her? But I guess I can see it coming up in a conversation. Like, it it would kind of be, like, it, it would, to me, it's still a, a not likely it would happen, but if you could say, oh, you know, like, you know, are you here to support any artist in particular? Oh, yeah, you know, I'm here to support my girl, Nola. Like, oh, your girl? Oh, I, I go with Nola. You know that nah, I be- What? Insecure. When uh, Daniel showed up at the thing, and it was outside, like, hey, what's your connection? To, uh, we got y'all. I don't have one anymore. But I felt like Lawrence knew who he was. I mean, well, you know what it was? What? He caught Issa looking at her. He caught Issa talking to him. Well, yeah, that. There was that. And he looked at the text message. And then yeah. they also, like, had no interact with any one of them. The other two would have people. Because, of course, they're going to be watching her. So Right. Because they know she got other they men. Know she got other men. Exactly. So that would have been a thing. So I get I get it. Like, cause, and it's not even like, oh, I'm embarrassed. You going to check me? No. It's more so... I don't want to hear your mouth. Like, here I, here we go. Here we go. Now it's drama or whatever. Because, you know, you got weed and Prince music at the art show. <laughs> so she was all awkward and she got out of her bag. And it was just, it was sad. So. What did you think? Oh, go ahead. What did you think of uh, the other artists? I, I was particularly like, I thought the one with the hot combs was hilarious. That was different. Um, I didn't really pay them much attention. I think I was doing my hair. So it was like in and out. But what I yeah. did notice was when OG Nola and and current Nola. Oh, yeah. That warmed my heart. I was like, oh, my God. Because he like, yeah. they, they wasn't really sh- with Nola shooting the gym. They didn't know they didn't know Nola when she had a tapered Frederick Douglass TWX. <laughs> like, they wasn't there. I was there. Right, right, right. No, no, no. Yeah, that was, that was a dope moment. Shout out to Spike for, like, just being smart enough to do that. Right. And it was nice. And it wasn't too forced. Like, right. I wonder where I know you from. 
You look so familiar. What is your name? Oh, my name is Ola Arling. Ha ha. Like, it wasn't like <laughs> stupid. Have you seen that video with like the white people at the workplace? Hey, uh, Jack, uh, you check your email? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> oh my god that's the funniest thing okay but um yeah that was really nice so the art show was cool but she was kind of yeah she was kind of loopy um and her parents came and was parenting being you know yeah super cheerleaders being extra so that was cute and then before the show she was talking to shemeca and she Shemeca was like, Are you coming to my show? And she was like, No, I'm coming. T- oh, yeah, because Shemeca had FaceTimed her and like panned to her butt. She's like, Oh, girl. And then yeah. she's like, You coming to my show? It's my debut. And she's like, I got an art show. So they could make each other's big nights, basically. And then, as to close out the episode, we get Shemeca's debut. She has on this like big mama's house suit, um, this Respucia fat suit with her new booty. And she gets to dancing and she has Edward Scissorhands, the the faithful customer in the front and it was so hilarious. with the um with the hook hands yeah they call them scissor hands okay yeah you know i thought he was gonna pop her booty oh that would have been even funnier so she's dancing everyone's going crazy and she's twerking for edward scissor hands and she falls mm. on the booty and the booty pop pops <laughs> it bursts Mm, booty all everywhere. <laughs> I had to rewind. I said, "You lying, Spike." And literally, I just want to know what the fluid was like. Imagine the smell. So she was oh, in the hospital, which is better than death. But that is so embarrassing. She can't go back to the club. She cannot go back. So my girl was. She was mad at that scene. Why was she mad? She was mad because she was like, that's not realistic. The booty wouldn't do all that. Like, it may bruise. You know, it went, a booty wouldn't pop. You know, let's just be honest. But like, they leaked, though. And it's probably they fresh. It was probably too fresh. It probably, she probably had to be on bed rest for a little longer. Let the, let the, the fix a flat and the Play-Doh and the city play Let it harden. Settle and harden, right. Probably hadn't settled yet. So it's still a little, like, paper mache. Well, I didn't, I, I didn't, one, I didn't think it was realistic, but I thought it was a part of, you know, like Spike Lee's creative license and just being, right. yeah, just girls, girls, y'all out here getting all this fake booty, y'all gonna mess around, sit down and, and gonna pop the booty. You know, like that's, that's something an old black man would, or an old black woman would tell somebody young. You gonna mess around, get too much booty and gonna pop it. Pop. Right. It's gonna bust on you. And booty juices was just everywhere, and it was it was funny. <laughs> it was just really gross, like extremely gross. Yeah. Um. Anything else happened? Um. Uh, I think that's it. Okay. That was just like the booty pop that did it for me. I was like, "All right, Spike, you got it." Right. It's like booty just booty popping everywhere. And just imagine that, like getting in your mouth. Like, what if you it got in your drink? Like, you did you just got the henny and coke. And then somebody, I would have been so clothes. sick. Like this, this better be free. Like they had to probably refund everybody. Now they scarred for life. You, you can't come back from that. You can't. Yeah. Whew. But yeah, I think that covers it. Did we cover everything? I want to say we did. Everything I took notes on. Right. Okay. Well, there we go. We got part two of the "She's Gotta Have It" review. 
and we yeah. got two more for y'all. So please stick around. Yep. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, we forgot to say the live tweet. We'll just tweet it out. Well, yeah. Make sure y'all live tweet. So go back and live tweet if you have already. <laughs> Give us your comments. Y'all know the deal. All right. Bye, guys. All right. Bye.